0: All right. Welcome back to Insight Flicks. This is our weekly discussion podcast. This is where we talk about movie headlines. Uh, I'm your host, Mike, and I'm here with Richard. Uh, say hello, Rich. Hello. Unfortunately, Raymond's not here with us, but it's just us two. But, you know, mainly we're just going to be talking about some of the movie headlines. And uh, um, I think let's let's also talk about Nightmare Alley that uh, we just watched this past week. But let's start with some headlines first. Uh, Let's start with Scream sequel. This is kind of uh, people have been uh, speculating that, you know, because of the success of the newest Scream movie that uh, a sequel is in the in the works. Well, it's official. It's a go from Spyglass in Paramount. Was this an, a surprise to you, Rich? No, because we mentioned it before during our, our box office review, whatever it was uh, our box office report. Um, that uh, we it, it was obvious that they were the studio was going for the uh, the Halloween type of uh, reboot. So it, it seems obvious that they're going to do another trilogy at least. I mean. If they could, if they if they if they're calling this a success, a success um, for you know just a, a pandemic win, mm-hmm. um, then it, it it seems logical that the, uh, the the next one could could only do better if you know of course we're <laughs> we're fully out of this pandemic. So <laughs> well, um, it's it's interesting because now we you know February has just has just started, and Jackass has just won their top uh, box office this week. So. Paramount is doing pretty good for the for this uh, new year of 2022. I mean, they got a hit with uh, with uh, Scream. Now they got a hit with uh, Jackass. These are two kind of things that I didn't see coming. And that's not our possible franchise for Paramount, which hasn't been in in the news lately. It's been o- always when we talk about franchises, it's always been Disney, it's always been Marvel, it's always been Warner Brothers. But now Paramount is taking something, and at least they have some hope for them. But yeah, but these both these movies are under are, are clearly under fifty million dollars to produce. Um, uh, so maybe you know, probably even under thirty. I don't know. Probably even less. Probably even closer to yeah. Uh, Jackass is probably like ten or whatever to produce or whatever, and Scream might be twenty five to thirty. Yeah, but they're wins, but they're not huge wins. I mean, they're just uh, they're just you know, for now. I mean, this is these are solid wins for uh, paramount but um it's not um it's not like a a win like oh oh man they just, they just saved us from you know for 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 oh we could push back top gun for another year or whatever well, we it's, it, it, it's something they could gloat about for uh, for at least a little bit i mean they i, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't call that you know i wouldn't uh if to, to gloat for it i mean it's just too <laughs> Two solid wins, of course. It's, but. it's paramount, man. Right? They need something to be happy about. <laughs> the, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, well, let's get to our next one, which is Shannon Tatum is was recently in the news, and he's promoting his new film, The Dog, and he came up with an interesting uh, statement about how he is very sad that he couldn't make his Gambit project. Uh, he, you know, there's been a long time that he was, It was rumored that, or not even rumored. It was kind of officially he was attached to this new the new Gambit. Uh, character comic book movie Mm -hmm. and uh he kind of said that he was actually very sad and he can't even watch marvel movies because of it (laughs) Uh, what's your thoughts on that (laughs) He he might be going for a lawsuit or something (laughs) i don't know about that uh it's just that yeah i mean it was uh it's to no surprise i mean um uh what was the the big bombs were, well x-men turned out to be big bomb. the last right, one, right yeah um, that's the that's the thing that had that, that that really kind of stopped the 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 gambit movies because the x-men were just falling you know it was not but it was the disney uh the disney takeover so yeah well that's the that's officially the thing that killed it i mean uh because i remember they announced him in comic con one year and he was he took a class photo with for the rest of the x sure sure and the, he was thinking that he was going to be part of the mcu or something and or maybe he wasn't thinking that but at least he was he was thinking that he was going to be part of this franchise the the, the x-men franchise and i don't know it didn't happen no uh, and, and it is a, sh- a shame but um it was kind of obvious that since uh since disney took over and they wanted to put they, they want to put a, a lock on anything um related to mutants in general um, right away because they already did mm-hmm. with um uh with the wanda and her um, brother the, you know already being in the in the disney verse version of the um the, the you know in, in the comic lines they are mutants, but mm-hmm. over there they were just you know no, I mean, it's, it, it was a fan favorite. The character Gambit—he is a New Orleans, oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. Ma- magician. He had his cards or whatever. He was a great character in the '90s, and apparently, uh, Tatum was like w- developing the ca- the project for four years, and he wanted to co-direct it. That's how it, something that he uh, was sticking. He was hoping for. Uh, he's Dog is a movie that he co-directed with his his producing partner, longtime producing partner Reed carolyn and both of them he was hoping that both of them would direct uh, the gambit project and he said that uh, you know the studio this is his quote the studio didn't really want us to direct it they wanted any but us es- essentially because we had never directed anything mm. and um yeah so i mean it was something that he was heartbroken about it which is you know <laughs> i just i found the, the the quote the, the the other quote where he's saying that uh you can't see Marvel movies because of what happened. <laughs> yes, that's the funny thing about it. Uh, I, I think he, uh, as the chances of him being Gambit are out for sure. I mean, um, yeah, you think they're ever going to make a Gambit movie? Is that totally dead? I mean, is, is X-Men going to be part of the MCU? Who knows, right? I think they're going to have to um, rest- reboot it again. Uh, you know what? All these rumors are going on, uh, with the X-Men. So, uh, and I wouldn't, I mean, since, since they're already moving on with the, um, um, the, uh, the Netflix verse of, um, of, uh, you know, bringing in the Netflix, some of the Netflix characters into the, into, into the Marvel verse. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, um, uh, they went with, um, the young X-Men, um, Charles Xavier's, uh, what's his name um james at mccaroy M- mcavoy and uh and um um uh, magnito uh uh michael fassbender michael fassbender yeah yeah and, well who knows they could even recast those characters uh it, it really no, I, I mean it seems like they're gonna try to hang on to them mm-hmm. maybe yeah i, I mean it's, I a think, pos- it's a possibility i think i, it, mean, I think it would be a uh, wise choice to do it but um well well well, well We'll see. I mean, um, speaking of Marvel, though, there's a some movement in the Sony property of Marvel, well, specifically Spider-Man. It seems Dakota Johnson ha- is in talks to play the title character of M- Madam Webb. This, this is a spinoff of, of the the Spider-Man universe and director S.J. Clarkson, who is a TV director, who, and also has been in talks for a very long time for, for doing her, uh, I believe, a feature film debut. She has worked on television for most of her career. Um, but uh, people have been complaining that, uh, or at least shocked to see that uh, Dakota Johnson is, is in talks for this role because m- normally m- Madam Web is an older woman. Yeah. A blind woman, and it doesn't. It's not necessarily a character that speaks, you know, franchise because it's a, mostly a side character. Right. I would. I would uh, like to see uh, Melanie Griffith play the old version, <laughs> and then she's the, and, <laughs> and then she's, then she's like, the, throw some flashback scenes, and, and, and then it, so. it transitions to, uh, Dakota Janssen, uh, to Dakota Dakota Johnson, as the uh, young version um but melanie griffiths would be awesome to be the madam web version the the, the the true madam web version that everybody's known for that's that's and for those who don't know the uh melanie is uh dakota is a uh, real life mother mm-hmm. and so uh that would make a lot of sense that'd be actually awesome if they do that but i don't yeah. think that's the case i think because dakota johnson has been someone who is uh, you know, one of these top actresses that people are trying to get in their projects. It makes sense that she would move into do some IP. But I don't know. This is this is just a strange character. This came out of nowhere. Oh, right? yeah. But I'm saying if they're going to go with Dakota Johnson and they're going to put uh, put her in old makeup, I would much rather have. I don't, I don't think they're going to make her an old woman. I think they're just. I, gonna, oh, no, I don't <laughs> think so either. But I would like to see her. If she, if instead of her um seeing her in old makeup, mm-hmm. I would rather see her play play, play Melanie Griffith for um uh, for like uh you know fifteen minutes out of the movie, and the rest is uh, Dakota Johnson or whatever. Gonna yeah, be well, it, on. It, Sony is really kind of uh s- dipping into that that Spider franchise, right? And, you know the the success of No Way Home was so amazing that now the, Sony has see has like landed a a. Um, A treasure trove or, you know, like they, they open the, the lost Ark or something. It's like, this is, this is the money bag here, a cash cow that they could just uh, tap into and pull up whatever, whatever side character they want to really kind of, you know, in their eyes think that it's going to be something profitable despite, despite like the obscurity of some of these characters. Yeah. I mean, as long as a small, uh, they stick it to like a 50 million around a $50 million budget for these films. It's, it's a good enough gamble to go ahead and put it out for uh, under the superhero banner and see if it, it could reach that hundred million dollar domestic you know you know make a profit out of it real quick yeah uh let's get to our next topic uh next headline is uh is it rosamond or rosamond rosamond Pike rosamond Pike is talks to star in a new thriller called rich flu and this is a a movie about how a deadly disease starts killing off the wealthy. <laughs> this is great. I, I like this idea. I mean, so well, this is from, uh, this is produced by Pablo Lorraine. He's the famous uh, Chilean filmmaker who um, recently did Jackie and, and, and Spencer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's producing the movie but this is from the director of the platform that spanish uh movie that's on netflix which i really enjoyed you know the platform dealt with you know the hierarchy of of, of a social society mm-hmm. and, and it seems like this is kind of a similar themed the deadly disease that kills off the rich oh, i really enjoyed, I thought that it was an interesting pro- uh, uh idea what's your thoughts well, I, I like Rosamund Pike and I care a lot. I think she was really uh, uh, a standout in that role, and 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 uh, she's doing really well with the the uh, her uh, Amazon uh, series, The Wheel of Time. Um, so good for her. I mean, uh, this seems if this picture is a go, and um, uh, and 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 it seems like it could be like a kind of a, a perfect pairing with I care a lot. I mean, she was. I mean, that kind of type of wicked character for us, so if or I don't know what it is, but it's some kind of, is she controlled? <laughs> it, I'm not she, sure. It, I'm not sure what it, her character is. I mean, how's it, it's gotta be some kind of a, um, it's like kind of some dis, you know, near future world. Probably it's a, it's it, according <laughs> to how does a, a disease pick the rich? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's gotta be some kind of like, uh, like uh uh like she's the one who's in control of the disease and she picks where the uh, i don't know we're not well we're not sure what her if she's the the reason <laughs> of the of the, the of the, the of the disease but uh, uh, maybe she's a, a rich person who who's maybe sees that she got ill or something. But, yeah. I mean, according to the article, it's, it says that it's, it's a strange disease killing off some of the richest and most influential people on the planet, starting with the billionaires and then the multimillionaires and, and so on and progressively. Now it threatens to strike anyone with any sort of fortune, and no one knows where it might end, with the whole planet pa- panicking and humankind's very... W- Fair way of life headed for a collapse. People attempt to flood the market with uh, assets the world no longer wants, uh, which I guess is money, I guess. Uh, The thriller explores how far one would go to save their skin when the wealth that made the world go around suddenly becomes the most dangerous commodity. So I guess it's actually fortune and money is the thing that uh, is killing people. So you have to get rid of it. I don't know. That's an interesting (laughs) idea. I don't know. A uh, Brewster's millions times ten, <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to the twenty fifth power. Yeah, I like it, man. And I, I you know, like, um, I, I like the platform. This is from the same director, and yeah, please, you know, I recommend watching that on Netflix. It's great. It's a really great, fun kind of thriller. And then I, Rosamund Pike is a really great actress. I think she is with her performance in I Care a Lot. I think she, she really proves that she is one of the top leading actresses working today. Um, yeah, let's get to our next uh, uh, topic, which is David Lynch. David Lynch. David Lynch has joined the cast of Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. Oh, okay. For those who don't know, Steven, Steven Spielberg's uh, next film that he's working on currently uh, now you know. Now that he's finished with West Side Story, and he's you know he's getting a lot of accolades for that movie, but now he's going something very personal. This is something that he wrote. I think this is the first time he wrote a movie since uh, Close Close Encounter of the Third Kind. Uh, and so this is essentially about his life growing up in Arizona. It's about his parents, and I believe Seth Rogan plays his father, and I forgot who is the mother. Um, Michelle Williams is playing her his mother, and so David Lynch is just you know he's a you know as everyone knows as a filmmaker, he has done some cameos and some projects before. I've seen him before. Yeah, uh, 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 he plays a a FBI agent or something like that in Twin Peaks, his own series. and he has this like kind of midwestern <clears throat> touch when he he's on screen there's a presence about that and you know this is not something uh it's not something new for Steven Spielberg to cast a filmmaker in his films uh, in close encounter uh he had uh, he worked with um uh, Francis Truffaut in, 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 in that in that movie, who was a famous French uh, filmmaker that he was uh, very much inspired by, and so uh, this is just another chance to work and with Richard another guy. Attenborough. Richard Attenborough. Is, uh, oh, in this, the in the, just, in the Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park yeah. movies, yeah, and he, uh, he was great. <laughs> when they talk about Spielberg, they talk about you know his camera work or his staging. Not not a lot of people talk about his casting. He cast really great actors for these particular roles that work very well in his films yeah um i i never saw lucky but i know um uh, uh david lynch had a small role in that one all, as well is that the hbo uh, series uh, lucky no no the harry dean stanton one. Oh, okay um uh and i know he had a small part on that one so i um yeah uh yeah uh, david lynch could pull off anything <laughs> uh it, but i mean just just don't ask them to like, uh, you know, do a whole monologue or something or, you know. I mean, well, or, I, I wonder because, you know, this is set in Arizona, which is where Spielberg is living or uh, where, where he was raised. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, you know, Arizona is kind of known for these uh, eccentric artists that live in these kind of, you know, desert Towns. Sure. Now, I mean, but back then, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, mean, think, I think even back then. But I, I, I'm, I'm, imagining that uh, that David Lynch is playing some kind of, you know, kooky neighbor or something. Ah, who knows? He, he might just be a, a, you know, a, a store owner like a, like oh. a, a small photograph shop or something. Yeah, I would like that too. Uh All right, let's get to our next topic. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Lauren Dern and. Noah Jupe is going to star in the next sci-fi film from filmmaker Justin Kurzel. Kurzel uh, is uh, the Australian filmmaker who has done Assassin's Creed. He also did that Macbeth movie. Both starred Michael Fassbender. He also was acclaimed for the crime thriller Snowtown. Uh, this is a science fiction film with uh, with uh, you know a, a pretty decent cast. What, what's your thoughts on that? Does it have a title? Yes, it's uh, morning. It's called morning and Ben de Cumberbatch. Okay, yeah, Ben Cumberbatch. If you well, get Ben Cumberbatch, I mean, then the, the movie's a hit. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, it's for him to fail. I mean, well, uh, according to the article, it's morning is set in a near future where society has, has a pill that does away with the need to sleep. With the added help of an artificial sun, this is finally no end to morning daylight, living or work. But as a young generation grows up, deprived of the world of sleep, it is time for them to rebel and reclaim their dreams. So essentially, a world where no one sleeps. And it, I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting concept. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. Uh, uh wow. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch. What's your what's your thoughts on Benedict Cumberbatch starring alongside? Laura Dern and Noah Jupe. Noah Jupe might became big now. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen him. I mean, uh since uh, um, uh w- no, actually, I saw him in the uh, in, in the Steven Soderbergh movie, um, the No Sudden Move. He's going to be like a young teenager uh, yeah. in this movie. Uh, it's an inter- it's an interesting cast. I mean, I, I've always been a big fan of Lord Dern's work. Yeah. And, you know, Bene- Benedict Cumberbatch is coming off a, of a really great performance in Power of the Dog. And he's been, he is someone who's kind of been, I've been like really oppressed, a, a impressed with his work because... It's not that I didn't like his stuff earlier, but there, there's something there, there's something that has clicked on clicked with his uh with uh, with him. He's doing something more challenging roles. I mean, particularly in *Power of the Dog*, it seems like he was doing a more naturalistic uh, style of acting because uh, you know he's famously is a stage actor, and I I think when you're a stage actor, sometimes that comes off in your in your film ro- roles or your film performances. But with Power to Dog, I was really impressed by how he was able to just kind of sit with the character, sit in his clothes and become the character. And I didn't really see that staging or that acting type of uh, performance. So to see him go in this project, which is a science fiction film, working with some great talent, it, this is, uh, has a, the potential to be a really good movie. Yeah. I got to see how, the, how, the, how it's going to be the the, the production. Um, but yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch is, is by far, um, he, he's going to be getting Oscars sometimes, you know, if it's not this year, it's sort it, of, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be long before he picks up an Oscar. He's, you think he's, he's definitely going to get an Oscar nomination. We have, as we were, oh, definitely. I mean, if, if he doesn't get a nomination at all this year, this, that'll be the big, one of the biggest snubs for sure i think so uh, yeah i mean th- we are recording before the oscar nominations have have been announced and we're uh and we're expecting him to be nominated i think and he he was he was nominated for the imitation game which that's true was, yeah was, was was a truly fantastic job and then him to go you know the the a complete 180 on, uh, as khan in star trek in the podcast, <laughs> uh, uh was which was unfortunately <laughs> was bad <laughs> uh but that's, um, what, that's when i met with the staging you know you could feel like he's yeah doing some you know on some stage work there <laughs> well you know lauren dern I, let me just quickly just point out that lauren dern has always been like kind of this quiet but powerful actress who we don't give a m- much uh uh, attention to because for whatever reason I, she is, has been steadily working and performing extremely well and you know we just seen her in marriage story she was fantastic in marriage story and she's been you know i guess recently she's more in in tv with the big little lies and yeah. enlightened that um mike white series yeah no yeah, she, she was fan- she was fantastic in that but she's always been someone who always does like really strong work you know, I think this, again, like I was saying, I think this has potential to be something. Uh, I, do, I do like the idea of, of a world where we don't sleep. Sometimes when we don't sleep, we feel like that maybe we become zombies. And I wonder if that's gonna play into it. Are we are kind of a whole society that kind of on like, uh, it's kind of like in that in-between state of, of sleep Sleeping and, and awake, you know, where you become almost zombie-like. I, I, I'm, I'm very interested in this project. I, I, yeah, again, I mean, we have to wait and see, you know, images or or, or a trailer to really get a grasp of, of what the project is. But it, it's interesting. Mm, yeah, but it's interesting. It, the most interesting is the, the casting of Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> mm-hmm. Lord during No <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's So we got to see what that will eventually look like. All right, let's get to our next topic. Uh, Jamie Doran. He's going to be starring alongside Gal Gadot in the new film, the new spy thriller, Heart of Stone, which is going to be for Netflix and is going to be produced by Skydance Media. This is a kind of a potential franchise starter. That, that That's what they say. And it, it is, uh, uh, I guess it's uh, some kind of thriller. Written the, the The plot line is not really known. But uh, but the pairing of Jamie Doran and and Gal Gadot what's what's your th- what's your thoughts on that I mean we just saw Dor- Doran in in uh, Belfast and he was surprisingly very very good in that movie yeah uh, I've been uh, impressed by Jamie's uh, uh, performances lately uh, especially in uh, Belfast and Barb and Star <laughs> because <laughs> Barb and Star was uh, he was the best thing on in that stupid ass movie. That movie <laughs> deserves to be burned. Uh, um, but but um, you're not a big fan of that movie, are? No, mm-hmm. no. Well, uh, also, yeah. uh, he was also great in that uh, sci-fi, that um, Synchronic. Oh, right. And, yes, 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 yes. And uh, um, I've been impressed with his uh, work um, as of late. So. Um, I don't know what this is about, uh, Heart of Stone, but it's, if it's an action flick, you're saying what it is? Well, this? Well, it says spy thriller, and it's from the director of The Aeronauts, that film. Oh, okay. That yeah, film, the Amazon, okay. Amazon Prime, Tom Harper. Okay, I mean, yeah, hopefully it's good. It, it's uh, that that guy had gotten um uh, um a lot of praise for The Aeronauts. I, I mean, think I think it was uh, I think he also did Wild Rose. Which I really liked. Oh shit, that's right. Yes, he did Wild, Wild Rose, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. a great movie. Yeah, and it really showcased uh, the one actress, um, mm-hmm. Jesse Buckley. Yes, who is now in almost in everything. She's in. She was recently in The Lost Daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Tom Harper is the the filmmaker, or at least the director and he you know he ha- does have a very unique style too. Oh, I'm looking it up now. Yeah, and this is from the writer of the, <laughs> Greg Rucka from the comic books from the Old Guard. Oh, okay. Yeah, so everyone likes the Old Guard, so this is a Netflix property or er, er, project and Greg, Greg Rucka um, um I don't know if this is based on, on a comic book. Well, it doesn't doesn't say it here, but um but it seems like he has a deal with Netflix probably. Mm. Okay. Well, they they do say that this is potentially a, a franchise, so they're thinking. Uh, Everything is potentially a franchise. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm uh, I'm expecting some kind of action-heavy kind of thriller, spy thriller. Yeah, they're, uh, both, they're both tall and good. Yes. Oh yeah. What, what's your thoughts on Gal Gadot working with uh, Jamie? Yeah, they're both they'll both at least share the same height. <laughs> um uh So uh, that's a good pair. I mean, yeah. Hopefully, it's like a good uh, uh Mister and Missus Smith kind of type thing. All right, let's get into TV now. We've got a couple of TV headlines really quick. All of Us Are Dead is the new Korean horror zombie series for Netflix, and it's become a number one uh, series for them. It's a big hit. Uh, Rich, you just saw the the first episode. What's your thoughts on All of Us Are Dead? Well, yeah, like you said, it was the first episode. But, um, uh, uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, it, it, it ended with a and uh, uh, it finally um you know looks seems like it's going to take off so it's basically a, a zombie apocalypse set during high school watching the trailer um they mentioned uh, bu- tra- uh busan so i thought it was like a train to busan uh, mm-hmm. some kind of linkage to it uh, like a prequel but so far, I don't think it is. <laughs> but, no, but um they just live in, in a world where they have watched Train to Busan <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, sir. but uh, yeah, it, it's fine. I mean, I like to do it. It's, uh, yeah, co- I'll continue it. Co- mean, yeah, Korea has done. They they have really kind of energized the new the, the zombie drama, right? Yeah, I it's mean, their it's their superhero genre. It's, yeah, it's it's and it's doing very well for fan, for Netflix and Netflix has like kind of multiple Korean series that are either horror or supernatural and mm-hmm. they have always been doing good and then apparently all of us is at number one it's it's almost like uh not I mean it's they're they're expecting maybe Squid Game numbers soon that's how popular it is yeah I uh when I when I, when I saw the first episode I was going oh, okay this is good. And then I saw how many episodes it was, and I go, oh, man. Was, I thought <laughs> I was how, many, like, how many episodes are there? Yeah, it was like 12 at least. So I was going, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so used to six to eight. So um, so it's just going to take me a while to finish it. That's all. <laughs> well, sp- uh, speaking of zombies, there's a new Tales of the Walking Dead series. <laughs> this is a new a- anthology series, and they just announced the cast or a couple um members of the cast. Terry Crews, Parker Posey, and Jillian Bell has joined the cast of this uh, anthology series that's going to be sit in the Walking Dead universe, and it's going to be called Tales of the Walking Dead, which is an interesting idea. Uh, Anthony Evers is also attached to this uh, cast as well. Uh, is this a little too much? I mean for the Walking Dead franchise, I mean are they milking this too much? Is AMC milking this franchise too much where now it seems like it's just stupid? Could they get more stupider? Mm-hmm. I mean the fear of the Walking Dead is it's horrible. horrible. But not horrible. as horrible as that other one, with the, with the kids' version. Yeah, you know, the, I know the world, one? world of The Walking Dead, I can oh, Or I Beyond The Walking Dead or something like that. At least, Yeah, so if they're going th- that kind of route, I mean... Well, this is an anthology, so each episode will have its own kind of standalone story. So I, I guess they could get, in that sense, they could get bigger names for it, and they could just say, hey, sign up for one story, and in and out. I mean, they already have a kind of a a production pl- set up and... Uh, Georgia or whatever I think they, If they're doing an anthology, I think it's just an excuse for saying um uh like for them to like do an episode and if that's popular, they'll they'll continue that oh. that, that character in another the full season. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> or they, we could like we're going to bring this to the Fear of the Walking Dead or whatever. <laughs> Something, yeah. <laughs> um it's just such an the walking dead had such a potential now now walking dead they, they screwed they screwed themselves up yeah the, right. well the flagship series is coming to a close so now and there's like there's the flagship. flagship i like the, the original yeah. i still like it I, I still yeah me too sure it had its, its moments of stinker rude but uh but most of the walking dead it was oh man it was always <laughs> uh uh it was always a mess yeah and then every once in a while you get some good stuff and go, oh man, that that's perfect. I mean, if they stick to this, they're getting so much better now. And then all of a all of a sudden, you know, they shit the bed, shit shit the bed once again, mm-hmm. and then they, and they keep on doing. It, and then every once in a while, they go up again, and then eh. and now <laughs> I'm totally, I, I I totally gave up on it. Well, here's some new, great news for you because you're a fan of the Orville. Oh uh, yeah, the Orville, yeah yeah. I Orville, it, it, they just announced that it's coming back. They pushed it back again. I think it was originally supposed to come out. The last, the last, I think it was uh, it was supposed to be in March, but now they're doing it like in June or whatever was it? Uh, they're going to be releasing it March tenth in Hulu. No, not according. To oh that wait, isn't that? Oh, that's right. June June second. That's right. Yeah, June second. Yeah, it was originally set march. up for march yeah june 2nd and then apparently they're saying because of the pandemic that pushed production back and that's why yeah they pushed it back a the <laughs> two years basically yeah it's yeah, it said almost two years uh so this is called the orville the new horizons right and so this is going to be the fir- yeah the the first new season since 2018 uh, Rich talk a little about the Oroville I mean what what makes this so great what I mean you've been a big fan forever I think for me personally I think it it it's the Star Trek series that we all have been waiting for. Well, I don't I, I I I I see the the Star Trek of of course, but I also see it a mixture of The Galaxy Quest. Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. So, it's the, got the comedy, I mean aspect of it in, in of like a The Galaxy Quest and I mm-hmm. like that. And so that's the two the two best things of, of those things together work perfectly. And um <laughs> I was really surprised it's all from uh created by Seth MacFarlane. Mm-hmm and he is obviously a, a super fan of uh star trek and um it, it's a it's a great show i i can't deny it but it's it's been it's been so long i hope it it's got that same magic that it had in the first two uh, two seasons mm-hmm. um but unfortunately we lost uh, norm Macdonald, who played a, a a like a a, a glob sp- <laughs> alien creature which is uh he was great on that and um uh i i heard i heard he's he, he completed this season his, his work on this season so it'll oh, wow. be his last season of course um but yeah yeah uh I, I heard there are like less episodes but the the since it's now on hulu they, they've stretched out to over uh an hour on some of them um so before you know it was on network television so only like 40 minutes so now they're hour episodes but there's less episodes yeah i mean it's it's you know, it originally it was on Fox. It, I guess it didn't do that well, but it, it had gained a cult following people who seen the show, love the show, as we do. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think it really captures the spirit of uh, Next Generation and understands the structure of the story and how, I mean, everything about that show reminds me of what, what was so great about Star Trek New uh, Next Generation. Well, the, also, um, they stick to one um, one storyline per episode, which was Star Trek did, mm-hmm. and all this other new Star Trek, they they keep on doing what? one um you know a soap opera crap. Yeah, they they they're doing the new kind of what they they trying to make it, they're trying to modernize it in the sense that they're making it a scripted story arc, you mm-hmm. know, and also they're trying to make it more. Um, I guess you could say it's more gray areas. They're exploring the gray areas because usually Star Trek, there's always kind of the moral structure of a story. It's usually uh, directly, you know, I find that like the, the next generation writing was more kind of intellectual. Yeah, but it was a, it was a storyline per episode. Boom, boom. You get the beginning, the end. You, I mean, it doesn't matter if you uh, you miss an episode from last week or whatever. You could fall right into oh, it. Yes, because, you know, yes. Kind yeah. of thing. And you know, so yeah, and yeah. I think that these new Star Trek series that's on 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 Paramount Plus are more kind of in the in the vein of soap opera or they're more kind of uh um, traditional uh storytelling in yeah that, and know, they're and I, they're even less kind of clever they're kind of more emotional yeah which is not never was the case for star trek generation sure it has the moments but i mean that wasn't it was always introduce introduce what's going on you know um if there's a villain there's a villain if yeah there's a, or if there's something present like, kind know. of present a kind of conflict. you gotta fix something yeah Kind of thing, and, situation, and the new new Star Trek is kind of how does this conflict affect me emotionally? Yeah, and then spend yeah. more time on the on an emotional part of of those, which is just to me, just feels more kind of typical soap opera, kind of overly set melodramatic. I always find you know they're not bad. I mean, I don't I don't say they're they're horrible, but I I, it, it, it's not Star Trek. You know, Star no, Trek always no, always been kind of kind of cerebral in that sense, and I think uh, that's what makes it so cl- that's what makes this. Orville so clever because they're able to bring that intellectual, that clever uh, part of the, of the show with, with comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, um, it's good news. I mean, uh, unfortunately we we'll have to wait until June 2nd, mm-hmm. but at least it's, it's definitely coming. All right. Before we go into our review of Nightmare Alley, let's quickly uh, talk about Howard Hessman. Uh, Howard Hessman is a uh, actor and star of WKRP. He was also, he also appeared in Head of the Class. These are kind of two great TV series, TV sitcoms that came out in the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, he passed away uh, recently. He was eighty one. Mm-hmm. Rich, tell us about Howard Hessman and what, what was what was about him that you know made you such a big fan of his? Yeah, Doctor Johnny Fever. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the WKRP and. uh he was the first character you could relate on on um, watching that show, and it was like he was the Wolverine of, 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 the, of, the, of, of WKRP. I mean, he was the he was the bad boy. He was the bad yeah, boy of yeah, the WKRP. Yeah. He was great. He was a gr- it was such a great character. Him and, and Tim Reed, who play who played the Venus Flytrap, Flytrap, flytrap. flytrap, yeah, yeah. flytrap. Uh, both of them they were played very well together. But uh, t- 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 Tim Reed, Tim Reed was you know he had his. Uh, Background in stand up comedy and Howard Hessman, it was just kind of a like kind of naturally funny, a natural, a natural comedic actor. And they had great chemistry on that show. Uh, it's it surprising to me that Howard Hessman never really became a bigger star than just you know these two parts. I mean, he has appeared in a lot of things, but he it was mostly just television. Uh, he, you know, he had a, f- a couple parts in some fil- a, f- a couple films in the 80s and 90s, but. Uh, it's it's unfortunate because he was such a great talent. I think he, his delivery of the way he tells, when he says his lines, either they were extremely well said or extremely, extremely funny. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Are you shocked that he never really became a bigger star? Yeah, it, it, it happens to a lot of people. But still, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that I mean, it, it, when when you see him on screen, I mean, doing a a guest appearances on, on your show, you go, Oh, it's Dr. Johnny fever. (laughs) So it's one of those things. It's, it's, it seems like he was a uh, typecast in sort of a way. So like that, but I don't know. It's it's maybe because he came out of that uh, counterculture generation, he always kind of played the hippie or the ex-hippie or the, mm-hmm. or kind of like the guy who is a burnout and uh, like in, in the head of the class, it was funny because head of the class is usually the guy, the teacher is the guy who's going to teach the students. And I mean, like, kind of like dangerous minds or whatever. He's going; they're going to teach the students. And what's so great about head the class? It was the other way around. Uh, the kids were teaching the teacher. Uh, you know, because uh, the, the the head of the class was like uh, all of the kids were kind of uh, good students, and he was kind of the rebel in in, in the school in that classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's unfortunate that a lot of these character actors are only getting noticed after they they pass on. But um, at least we want to say something about him and as you know it's, it's, a, it's a sad story yeah and he's in one of your favorite movies dr detroit yes yes <laughs> he was the was he the original pimp was that yeah it? and yeah, then he took well, out he, he ran out of town <laughs> yeah and then, and dan Eckert had to take his place and the, and then <laughs> as the movie as the movie goes uh come up with the, the this persona of dr detroit this uh yes he was great <laughs> he was great yeah but i mean he, he's always he was always acting everywhere i mean I, I think last time i saw him was probably like a he had a small part about schmidt um with jack nicholson mm. um that's right and, yeah yeah and uh what's like the your most favorite uh episode of of uh, wkrp the bomb the the bomb one where he's where he's uh, uh, playing on on the, the the toolbox he's playing the bongs or the bongos on the tool bo- uh, the toolbox but when, there this? was a bomb a bomb episode a bomb a bomb threat episode on uh-huh. uh, WKRP it was in the toolbox it was a bomb episode or yeah, okay, and, it's and, a bomb and, episode yeah and, and they they took off from the from the station to go to the tower to to, to go on the air there and then like uh, once they said uh, they, yeah I put in a toolbox or whatever and he, and then we go to a scene where he, yeah, he's on, he, he's sitting and and he's playing the drums on the toolbox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, uh, and and then uh, eventually the, I think it, it exploded or something like that. But they took off at that time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. That's uh, well. There you go. Uh, Howard Hussman, Well, you'll be missed. He is. Uh, Yes, he, he will be missed. Um, all right, let's get into Nightmare Alley. Uh, this is a the Guillermo del Toro latest film. It's a neo noir psychological thriller that uh, was released last, or actually released in December, in theaters, but did nothing. <laughs> did the did, uh, no, no. did diddly squat in theaters? I mean, box office bomb mainly because it went up against Spider Man No Way Home. Uh, they thought it was counter-programming, uh, but it didn't help at all. No one went to see the movie. Uh, it was released this week, this past week, on HBO Max. And we got a chance to see it. And, uh, you know, let's just quickly talk about it really quick. I mean, it's a big cast. One of the best casts of of, 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 a, of a recent film. I mean, Bradley Cooper leads the cast. Uh, it had Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette. Uh, William Defoe, Richard Jenkins, uh, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, uh, cameos by uh, Mary Steenburgen and David Straherin. Um and I, and I guess and maybe a couple other people too. I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of people in that movie. Holt McCall McCown, Oh, that's right. Yeah, and Jim Beaver and Cliff Collins Jr. And there was a like a really quick appearance by. Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. look, big cast, great acting. When we're talking about DeToro, you, you know that he's going to bring the style. He's going to bring the, the, the cinematography. He's going to bring the production design. Um, uh, Rich, you got an official synopsis so we, before we get into the review? What, uh, according to IMDb, it's a, an, an ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people. With a few well-chosen words, hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. Yeah, so Bradley Cooper is the carny who becomes a mentalist, and uh, Kate Blanchett is the the psychology uh, psychiatrist. Uh, and they're yeah, m- part of that movie is about them. They're kind of h- matching wits together. Most most of the movie is about Bradley Cooper and his kind of rise to, from Carney to this kind of world-class mentalist. And it's a interesting film. What's your thoughts, Rich? Yeah, it's a damn shame that Spider-Man blew this out of the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, I sort of knew it wasn't gonna do that well. I mean, the, the trailers, uh, although uh, they were, you know, showing everything from the film, I mean, I mean, not everything, but the, f- the feel of it and all that stuff like that. Um, it's just it. I understand that uh, it didn't uh, actually um, intrigue audiences to go see it, unfortunately. Um, but. But damn, they didn't bring in any audience. I mean, it should it should have it should have made some sort of money. Anna, yeah, and, and and it, I, it think, I think I, I hope the hope I hope it's there's going to find an audience on HBO Max or. At Hulu, it's also also on Hulu. That's right. That's true. That's true. It's on HBO Max and Hulu. I mean, hopefully they're going to find an audience on on these streaming services or VOD or whatever, uh, because I think it deserves an audience. I think this movie is excellent. uh Obviously, this plays with my own personal sensibilities. I love the circus. I love kind of this carney st- style. I love this kind of like 1940s look i love this idea that uh a uh, magician and and uh, uh, mentalists and mm-hmm. all this stuff and and this is just works this is things that i really enjoyed uh and it just play it just plays into my own personal sensibilities this is one of my favorite movies of 2021 but uh what's your thoughts i mean is this was something that you were impressed by yes uh i was because i was sort of mixed on it from the uh the reviews or whatever, was Guillermo that was getting it. Mm. Um, and uh, after watching it, uh, because I, I'm always a big fan of Guillermo de Toro, or whatever he does, and, and I'm always behind him 100%. Um, but for some reason, I didn't, it didn't click too much with me. But after watching it, after sitting down and watching it, I was going, what happened? I mean, this is perfect. This is, this, this film's great. I mean, <laughs> i i I couldn't understand i mean you don't understand like the the critics kind of uh mixed reaction to it that's what you're saying yeah i mean uh sure it's a little slower than most Mm -hmm. films that i mean of the day but who cares yeah it's it's still it's uh, it's a it's a terrific kind of character study about this guy who and it is a noir it is it is yeah so i think i think people maybe were maybe walking into this or thinking that this movie is going to be more supernatural You know, there's a tagline in the trailer: "Is he a man or is he a beast?" Which made me think that was going to be some kind of supernatural element to it. It's not; it's more kind of psychological. Uh, Bradley Cooper plays a guy who's just blind by his ambition, and he is a guy who kind of uh, um, has this has this drive to be successful, and that drive ultimately destroys him personally, and it's a perfect kind of circle. This movie is a circle, it, and it's based and it's based on a, a, a classic uh, Nightmare Alley with starring uh, Tyrone Power, and it certainly felt like it too. It felt like a great um, remake of that classic, and it, it, and it stuck to it mm-hmm. to its basic roots. I would think so because I haven't seen that either. <laughs> well, I mean, Kate, when I when Kate Blanchett enters the picture, which is like midway to the movie, she feels like she's stepping off a movie from the '40s. I mean, the way she acts, the way her the way he her costume design, the way the set designs, because uh, in the part when this movie when she enters the character that Bradley Cooper plays, he, he finally leaves the circus life and becomes more of a cosmopolitan phenomenon uh Mm -hmm. with this mentalist and it's about the corruption of of our own ambition yeah i i I think it it talks about a lot of things about how um uh about how sometimes people who are most driven are the most self-destructive and yeah it's it's um it's the con game it's it's a it's it's the kind of film like that you're gonna get yours eventually kind of the thing yeah Uh, so so watch out and you're, you're, you're playing with fire kind of thing. So it's like, be careful because this is going, you know, what you're going to get. I mean, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's know. like you're, if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. Right. And I think that fire plays an element, you know, it's a visual element in this movie. Uh, like I was saying, it's a circle. It's, we see this, the, the rise and fall of this man. Mm-hmm. And and that was so kind of uh, intriguing and, 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 and fascinating that i was sucked into the story and i think you need you know like if you don't get it you might felt you might feel a little bored if you don't understand if you don't go along with this guy's story i mean he's not a likable character he's doing he's a con man yeah and i think people sometimes don't want to engage in these type of characters because they're maybe too much you know over the line bit or morally corrupt and I think that's what I liked about the movie and I, and I, what I liked about Bradley Cooper's performance. Um, yeah, I'm not. I, I, I love this movie. I mean, I was really impressed by it. I think I liked this more than The Shape of Water, although I agree that The Shape of Water is probably more visually stunning. It's you know, obviously the the characters design of the of the the monster in The Shape of Water is beautiful, and I think the look of Shape of Water is probably more beautiful than this movie. But this is just a totally different movie. I just was totally engaged with with Bradley Cooper's journey and his character fall i think that's the most important important about the movie is that he 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 rises but he falls and he mm-hmm. falls hard and that way that the toro is able to you know he uses he's it's a, it's almost like music he he, he he has to work that 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 point where when he falls then it becomes exciting you know you feel that excitement in the in the third act and it becomes very dangerous, and I felt it. I, I, I just totally en- enjoyed this movie. Like I said, this is probably one of my favorite movies of twenty twenty one. Yeah, uh, it is, and it it's kind of weird because uh, none of the characters are likable, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the, there's no there's no real good guys. There's only one good, uh, clear good person in this film, and um, I'm not going to say who it is, of course, but, um, but um, it's just. <sighs> Yeah, everyone gets what they deserve. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, so we recommend it. Go watch it on, it's on Hulu. It's on HBO Max and and uh, so seek it out. It's definitely a film that you sh- would enjoy if you kind of like these morally corrupt characters. Definitely if you like circus stuff, <laughs> sideshow acts, certainly if you like magic and con men and that type of stuff, it's very much a neo-noir psychological thriller don't expect to have any kind of supernatural elements. There's no fish man. That's a con in this movie. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's like these side uh, character or side uh, acts characters that all, it's all con. It's all kind of uh, phony. But that's what I love about it. It's like this underbelly of 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 the town of the city. These are kind of misfits. It's all great. I I just love the movie. I love the look of the movie. Uh, I, I look. It's. I would say. Maybe the pacing of the film, it's a little bit slow at first, but once you get to that, you know, third act and it starts, you know, hitting some, hitting the stride, you get worked up. And I love, I love, I really loved it. I, I, and I think that final scene in the movie is just the perfect way to end a film like this. Uh, great performance by everyone. I I don't think this movie is going to get any, any Oscar nominations, unfortunately. Uh, although maybe we'll get some for, you know, production design and costume and stuff like that. But actors wise, I don't think so uh, because I think no one really saw, saw this movie, which is unfortunate. And, and, but I think, I think the actors are playing in a kind of noir style anyway. So sometimes people are thinking that's not correct. You know, that's not real acting. They're playing some kind of phony character. No, it works. It works in this movie though, that, that type of this type of kind of contained acting. Uh yeah, I really the only the only one who's uh, uh being uh whose name is being thrown out there for this film is Bradley Cooper, which um it, uh, if he gets nominated I wouldn't be surprised because his name is getting thrown out there for this one and Licorice Pizza so yeah I think um, he has a I think he has a better shot at Licorice Pizza I haven't seen Licorice Pizza yet but I heard he's very good in that and it's a, it's what people tend to want to reward uh because it's more flashy yeah this is kind of him like kind of he doesn't really speak in the fir- like maybe the first 10 minutes we don't hear yeah. him speak yeah, i yeah. mean that this is that's a he he's playing a character who's so kind of internal and i i found that so kind of you know because he's so internal i found mm-hmm. it to be more engaged with his story um yeah it's a totally different uh performance than we've seen from uh from bradley cooper and i, I enjoyed it yeah so any final thoughts on uh nightmare alley no, no no it's 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 a perfect film to go watch anytime right now okay what's what's your grade on it oh my grade yeah. uh i would give it a probably uh an A. and um yeah not an a plus but an, um maybe even an a minus yeah a-. i was thinking a minus a minus and only really because i think De Toro is using a particular directing style where he's moving the camera all the time, and I and I hear him speak about that that he wants. It's almost like the, the the camera is circling the characters because the whole movie is a circle, and he's using that circle motif as a way to tell the story. And it's true, the movie is a circle. There's a lot of circle images in in the movie. Uh, I found it a little annoying. <laughs> <laughs> in, the first, in the first part i really wanted to like maybe st- stand still a little bit so i, I, I but th- once i got into the story fully i got into the story fully and i couldn't care less if the character or if the camera's moving or not i was invest totally invested in the film by the third act uh but yeah that's why i give it an a minus it, it's, it's a high recommendation for me go watch it on hbo hbo max right now All right, that's it for this episode of Insight Flicks. We'll be back with a new episode, uh, another weekly discussion, and hopefully Raymond will be back with us. Uh, If you want to hear our past episodes, you can go to InsightFlicks.com. We're also in uh, YouTube. We have a a really small channel there. You you could just search Insight Flicks on YouTube, and, uh, yeah, you get all our content there. All right, thank you for listening to Insight Flicks. All right.